1: Hello and welcome to another Toonami pre-flight, where we are going to be chock full of robots and transforming and whatnots, but before that, special announcement. That's already been announced, but we're what's, going live. What's
0: the special announcement?
1: The DPZ giveaway, 30 uh, I Street. didn't know
0: that we were going to start with that.
1: It's on your sheet.
0: I don't ever read the sheet. Oh, so. well, that's unfortunate. It's written down. Okay. Well, hey, look at those. Look at those toms. A lot of you Tsunami viewers won't have seen that because that appeared in a licensing, licensing magazine, magazine <laughs> ad. Sean but
1: Moore did. Aren't we
0: going to put that on our social?
1: I think we did. Or if we're not, we're doing to do it now.
0: Well, we should, should be going if up. If we haven't, the announcement we, of should. The, we should, yeah.
1: Of the contest.
0: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So what is the contest?
1: Funny you should ask. Yeah. We have don't you a tell us. 30-second spot.
0: Oh, okay. Where the detailing.
1: The more or details. less details. Okay. Giving the, the
0: overview. Okay, let's
1: check it out. So let's run. If you grew up on Toonami,
2: odds are you first saw DBZ with us. So to help celebrate the 30th anniversary of one of the best shows around, Toonami is teaming up with Toei Animation and Bondi to bring you the 30th anniversary DBZ giveaway.
0: Now that's what I like to hear.
2: Just go to Toonami.com slash DBZ now to enter for your chance to win one of these sweet prizes. Psyched for another 30 years of greatness.
0: Cool.
1: Celebration. So we haven't quite shown Dragon Ball for thirty
0: years. <laughs> no. A little shy, we haven't existed for thirty years. <laughs> but
1: a close approximation. you have
0: shown it longer than anybody else yeah. in the US anyway.
1: So I believe as of this airing mm. you can go to tunami.com slash DBZ and enter for your chance to win.
0: Cool. What are your what are your possible prizes?
1: Uh, all that stuff that we talked about.
0: I mean, do we want to talk about it in any more detail? 30 seconds feels like super top line. Do you want you to... You have this... You He printed this out, and he's not using it.
1: I didn't print what? it out. I just asked.
0: Okay, well, you asked for this information, so why don't you talk about it?
1: Well, we're giving away a possible...
0: It's win. possible you will win. win.
1: Yeah. A DBZ capsule figure, a trading card starter set, a dragon ball gummy with sticker which is i think just it's a straight the,
0: it's on the lower end it's just a straight gummy it's not like it's on, a magic it's gummy. not a weed gummy yeah. yeah
1: um and then an 8x8 canvas art exclusive to Toonami. oh that's cool 30th anniversary at dbc cool prize nice. Back. nice so
0: good luck so go there enter and maybe you'll win some stuff
1: thanks to Bondi and toei, toei animation yeah and us
0: yeah and
1: we're all equal partners in this
0: Art, well, well, not really. More or less. <laughs> it was very nice of them to give us this stuff to give to you guys, so we thank them. And we thank them for Dragon Ball, without which Tsunami probably wouldn't still be on the air. No. Um, so why don't we get into our topic of the day, now that we've finished our special announcement. And of course, today we're going to be talking about the movie Megazone Three. Uh, which is an OVA.
1: It's a very confusing...
0: Well, it's got a complicated... Yeah. um, ...production history, history, the production history of the show. So, some people often refer to it erroneously as the first OVA. It was not. The first OVA was actually uh, from Memoru Oshii. It was Dalos. That was the first straight-to-video, um, original video animation, which is what OVA stands for. And when Megazone 2, Three came out, OVAs were mostly sort of down-market, kind of porn, titillating, like they weren't... It, it was wasn't like, the shine like that you is now. It's like you can't put this stuff on TV right. so it's out on home video. It didn't mean what it came to mean later, which is usually higher budgets and less editing and a maybe more... Um,
1: Encapsulated
0: story. Yeah. So Megazone Zone 2 3 was actually supposed to be a TV series called Omega City 2 3. And uh, as it requires a little quick explanation of Japanese production. Um, so basically, when Japanese shows go into production, it's usually a group of partners, a who- committee who team up to make the show. So in the case of Omega City 2-3, it was a company that was the animation company, which I think is AIC, yeah. and then Fuji TV, and then a toy partner. And all of those people sort of... Fuji TV, all they had to do was say, yes, you can have this slot. So they were saying the show that's mm-hmm. on right, right now, which I think is was Genesis Climber, Most Piada, when that show's over, we'll put this show in okay got it but they're only going to do that if they know the show's being supported by a toy line because that's back in the day that was super important and um some sort of video release or theatrical release so once they started production the toy company backed out and pulled all their money which caused fuji tv to say well then forget it so the production company was left holding the bag and they had spent a bunch of money and made they had animated the a lot of the action sequences because they were sort of making trailers and stuff. And a lot of animation houses will make the more fluid animation stuff first to help sell the show. But they didn't have a lot of the connective tissue of scenes with people talking. So they said, well, we can't make a series, but we're sunk too deep in to not do something with this. So they decided to make it an OVA uh, and they... Basically smushed the story together, cobbled together what scenes they had, added some talking scenes, and then added like some nudity and violence and sort of baked, for the best. baked all that together and made this OVA. And then the OVA came out and ended up being a huge success, which shocked everybody. Um, the team who made the show was the same team who made Macross. So it was a lot of the same character designers, the same directors, had the same feel. In fact, there are versions of Robotech... The movie that in the U.S. where they cut scenes from this into the Robotech thing,
1: yeah, and tried to just make characters, it a names Robotech, and, shit, yeah. which is crazy. Um, the history of Robotech in the states is even more complicated.
0: So this did so well, they decided to do a second part, and a th- and then that did well enough that they did a third and a fourth part. So there's four parts to Megazone 2, 3, and they're roughly divided into two different stories because uh, the parts 3 and 4 came much later, like years later, five years later, and so they were a totally different group of creatives, and the story takes place like hundreds of years later.
1: In the the future from that story, which already takes place.
0: So, But we're going to just deal right now with the basics. So Megazone 23 is about a future 500 years from 1984 when the show takes place or 1983 and uh everyone is living they think they're living in tokyo in the 80s but actually what the main character shogo comes to find out is that uh humanity has left the earth because of environmental disaster which get ready uh Pack your bags. So, so everyone lives in these colonies in space, and there is a benevolent AI, well somewhat benevolent, called Bahamut, that runs these fake cities that are that convince everybody that they're on Earth. And so the main character finds out through this government conspiracy. That he gets to be, a, that he ends up being embroiled in, that actually his whole life as he knows it is a lie. No one lives on Earth. Their uh, Earth is inhabitable and they all live on these colonies and they're being controlled by this AI. There's also a sort of good AI called Eve that takes the form, and this is very 80s Japanese, uh, takes the form of a pop idol. Um, which kind of is a holdover from Macross because right. they had that stuff there too. And EVE, the pop idol, actually became really popular in Japan and made several albums. They made several albums of EVE. EVE helps Shogo overthrow Bahamut's control, which is the control system that sort of keeps everybody plugged into the Matrix. So, you know, a lot of people have noticed the similarities between this and the Matrix, um, but the Wachowskis have always have maintained this wasn't one of their influences. Like, they never saw this. That's what they always say. So uh, I think we'll take them at their word. Yeah, um, I mean, they're
1: not... Humanity's not being harvested for
0: energy. No, it's just, it's being, just, it's the, just the, the idea of The world isn't uh, what you think it yeah, is. It's just the idea of an AI simulation right. controlling a populace. Um, so there's also... A motorcycle that transforms into a robot, which is pretty fucking awesome, that Shogo's, Shogo's buddy is like working for the military and he just steals it. Yeah, just and just it like, turns out it's a crazy, it. crazy prototype. So he short in short order, the government comes, the men in black come and kill him. Um, and they do look a lot like Agent Smith. But anyway, they come and kill his friend and Shogo goes on the run and finds out this bike is is uh, this crazy transforming robot, and then it's part of this larger government conspiracy. Um, So this is like a classic cyberpunk 80s. You know, when you think of anime, cyberpunk anime, you think of Ghost in the Shell, you think of Bubblegum Crisis, but also Megazone 23 is right in that same pocket. The designs, the uh, storyline, it's all very cyberpunk. Uh, So then these did well, and then when... Akira came out in 1988. The company that made these shows figured out, oh, shit, we have a show about a punk motorcycle rider who rides a red motorcycle who gets embroiled in a vast conspiracy <laughs> that the government is trying to hide. And so then they made a version of the show that's 500 years later with totally different protagonists. And the only character that carries over is Eve. Eve the AI from the the first the first show so it's a super confusing mishmash and of course because of the way the show was made a lot of the storyline doesn't hang together like there are scenes that don't really make sense and there is a a hilarious amount of 80s references where like they straight up are eating McDonald's and they're like, man, these McDonald's nuggets are really fucking good. And there's like McDonald's on the signs that they didn't care about licensing back then. And the McNuggets are like a new thing. Everyone's talking about the McNugget being this new thing. And like the movie they're all talking about seeing is Streets of Fire, the 80s musical from Walter Hill. (laughs) So – in a way, it weirdly makes the show still feel modern because they're all living in a simulation of 1984, as opposed to really 1984. Right. And so, in a way, the fact that it's frozen in time makes, as a simulation works for it, works for it you know. Um, but the animation is gorgeous for the first two parts. The back two parts, not so much. Um, the designs are really cool. Um, the The robot bike is awesome. Uh, and if you like cyberpunk action stuff, there's, it's typical of anime of its time. It's really gory. The action is really great. There's some pointless sex. Um, just all the stuff that as a youth in the eighties, I fell in love with (laughs) for anime. Um, we don't, you know, you can't buy it anywhere in the U S you can buy it on DVD, like old DVDs, but there's nowhere to buy a good copy in the U S however, it is on YouTube. In yeah. It's entirety in HD.
1: You can also buy the Japanese Blu-ray set
0: but it's off not, somebody
1: for like $700. But
0: it's not um, It's not. It's not subbed. subbed in English.
1: The first one's not subbed.
0: <laughs> it's just like sub shit. So um, hopefully one day someone like Write Stuff or you know Tech will have mercy on us and release this awesomeness the way they did with Bug- Bubblegum Crisis and some of the other great um, cyberpunk anime Um I think it's a pretty wild-ass show. Totally doesn't make sense in a lot of ways, but it's totally awesome. Yeah, and I think it,
1: if you go in not expecting for it to make sense and be a, a through-line plot-wise, yeah. then
0: you'll enjoy And you it. have to be able to enjoy the throwback nature of it, which I definitely do. Um, if you're looking for like a new-style anime, this is not it. This is firmly of its time. Um, however, the designs are terrific. Some absolute geniuses worked on it. Uh, and the animation is totally gorgeous for a lot of it um, So I don't have a clip for you But I do have a trailer that someone made And it's pretty fucking great So let's check out the Megazone Two Three trailer that I found
1: What if the entire
2: world that we live in Was being controlled from outside What if everything was an illusion run by a computer <laughs> It's manipulated us so skillfully that we'd never realize the truth. All of this so that except for an elite few, the populace would be blissfully living in an illusion of the perfect world. Or rather, the perfect prison. Get ready to go back. Back to a time when everything was perfect. The music was hot and the girls were hotter. And a guy with a cool bike could get laid all summer long. Unfortunately, the best of times never last. Why, Mr. Nakagawa, you know that the company frowns on the borrowing of classified materials? Since when did the company start sending out goons with handguns? Yohaki. We tracked him to Magura, but lost him in Abu Dhabi. It's just a few hours until sunrise. I want him found before then! I don't think so, Copper. Rock kicked a cop car? What is this? It's like we're at war. If it becomes known that Bahamut is a computer that oversees this time period, the military's plans will be severely impaired. What is the meaning of this? Are you mad? Approaching the ship's position. In a world where nothing is real, there's nothing left to lose except your life. Get into the zone, Megazone Two Three.
0: I couldn't find anywhere Some good copyright. We looked in the comments, and I couldn't find that it was someone, someone made it as a parody. And I couldn't find that it was real. So I have no idea if what amount of that is real or not, or in what I mean, amount.
1: I feel like... When it, it could got,
0: easily be an international trailer from back in the day.
1: But it's it's saying go back to a time. So I feel like it's got to have been made...
0: In the 90s. After... Maybe. But it could have been made in... This is from 83. It could have been made in 96 yeah. or 2000, and it's still 20 years old. So... Yeah. But anyway, I prefer to hope that it was a real trailer that somebody made that thought they were writing some badass shit.
1: Get laid all summer long. Get
0: laid all summer long. Um, So that leads us to our topic of the day, that awesome transforming motorcycle robot, which is it led us down this path to what's our favorite transforming robot. Transforming robots, very much an 80s thing. Yeah. Obviously heralded by Transformers and later Gobots,
1: and then later by whatever else anybody could possibly whatever say, like yeah Big An- K anyone
0: and- could figure out. Um, but the transforming robot began with anime, um, because of course, especially in the '80s, anime was obsessed with robots and futurism, just in general. Um, I think Japanese society was as a whole, but definitely anime was. And that made its way over to the U.S. in a, in a pretty big way. Um, for kids our age and younger, um, it was sort of um, just a facet of our youth. So I, growing up in the 80s, have some favorite transforming robots. Gil has some. It's true. Um, and, I, you know, it's curious. In doing this research, there has not been a lot of advancements in the field of transforming robots since the 80s. There's, I mean, there's been multiple They're making transformers
1: for real, but other than like, I think they're not
0: transforming, though. I mean, there's like Asimo and stuff, but it doesn't transform.
1: Yeah, like from I'll send you some links.
0: There's no, there's not transforming robots. People make there's like the dog robot, the Boston Dynamics creepy ass dog.
1: There's the car that's like a basically a straight up transformer that goes from a car to a standing robot. I mean, I don't think it fights and runs around. Well, then
0: who cares? If I can't steal it and have the government chase me, then I'm not
1: give, it, give it another two years.
0: More like fifty. Yeah, but um, yeah, I noticed there's not a lot of modern fiction about transforming robots beyond Transformers. Like now, Transformers pretty much that's the one stop shop. Yeah, just everybody outside. else. Is like so, no. our choices are. Even though we wanted to keep it broad in case people wanted to pick other things, our choices were pretty. Um, Transformers heavy, just fair warning. Yeah. So the first and favorite of my transforming robots on my list is, of course, Soundwave. Soundwave um, came out in the '80s. He was one of the first Transformers to release as part of the initial line, and he came with a micro cassette or two micro cassettes, and they would tra- they themselves would shoot out of him and transform into little like Scout. Scout guys yeah, there, was like the like little a, animals. there was like there was a, a hawk and a was, and a panther yeah. you know and he ends up having a bunch of different ones um Soundwave didn't talk much and when he did he had this crazy robot voice he was voiced voiced by the great Frank Welker Soundwave over the years is portrayed as sort of Megatron's right hand boombox robot uh he was the head of communications for the Transformers uh, I guess they decided to just roll with the punches, even though there's no more micro cassettes, and they, he still shoots out cassettes because why not? Um, he was back in the day he transformed into a boombox. I don't really know what the utility of that was for the transformers, James. but yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, but he was supposed to be sort of reconnaissance communications. He, in most versions of the Transformers over the years, he remains loyal to Megatron, although there are versions of him that talk more. There are versions of him that almost never talk. Um, He's usually portrayed as a very dangerous Transformer and Megatron's right-hand bot um, often. Uh, I just love the design and the color scheme of Soundwave, and when I was a kid, I had cassettes, so it was awesome the idea that a boombox could... Kill you. Attack some dudes. So I have a um I have one a couple Soundwave clips. So let's look at the first clip of Soundwave.
2: Do you read me?
0: The Decepticons
2: are blitzing out of our city. We're really taking a pounding. Don't know how much longer we can hold out. Soundwave, jam that transmission! Rumble frenzy, ravage rabbit, inject operation interference. Prime, do you read me? The Decepticons are pissing out of our city. We're really taking... First we crack the shell, then we crack the nuts inside. Hey, run, Blaster! Save yourself! No way! Two can play... I'm through to Prime? Well, let's hope so. Because if I didn't, we're all going to look like burnt-out toaster
0: ovens. So that's the original um, Transformers cartoon. And I, I think it's funny to think of the idea that there are other little Transformers that live inside the Transformers. As a
1: four-disc,
0: a 4, of, disc, kind four <laughs> cassette of a, to carousel. Kind of a bummer for those little guys. What are you going to do in your off hours? Oh, you're going to live inside me. Like, ugh, I don't want to live inside you. Um... So that was uh, sort of how he was portrayed in the initial Transformers. Um, and, and I love the way he talked, his little affected robot voice, so 80s. Uh, and this is a later version of how Soundwave appeared, this next clip.
1: said something about a A war. war do you remember anything is the vw beetle some kind of disguise are you hiding from something
2: are you
0: scared So that was the recent Bumblebee film, which was a bit of a flop but got good reviews. But it has a sweet throwback scene where uh, you get to see the original Transformers in action. And, of course, they did throwback sound wave, which I think is cool. Um, then next up is another wave because I like to ride the wave, and that is uh, Shockwave. Mm. Uh, I love Shockwave. Really, it's pretty simple. Shockwave is purple. And he has one eye, like a Zaku, Um, and that's really it. That's why I like him. He transformed into a ray gun. The original, um, the original Megatron transformed into a a gun, a Walther PPK with a long Walther PPK with a stabilizing stock. Yeah, Uh, this Shockwave transforms into a ray gun, um, which again, I don't know how much utility that has in the Transformer world, but. As a toy, it was pretty sweet. Uh, I also like that uh, Shockwave is purple. Shockwave is the sort of uh, scientist. He split, He they bailed, they based him on weirdly. The design of Shockwave came from another toy company that they just licensed. I don't, I don't understand I don't how that works, but Transformers is a huge and complicated thing. Like Shockwave's Wikipedia entry is longer than like. <laughs> like MLK's, <laughs> like it's like crazy long. Uh, so Shockwave was designed to be sort of the a Vulcan type character. He's all about logic. He's supposed to be a cold robot. Uh, when the Decepticons took the ship to Earth, um, Megatron left Shockwave in charge. Uh, and then when he contacted Shockwave, they built the energon cubes or whatever that get pe- get the Decepticons to Earth. Um, Shockwave is sometimes portrayed as more evil than Megatron and as trying to supplant or take over leadership of the Decepticons because he's cold and logical and he feels that he's the best choice. Logic dictates. dictates. But those same things that make him a formidable foe also make him weak against humans because we don't behave logically and it confounds him. Classic. And yeah. Um, so I dig Shockwave mostly because I think his aesthetics are cool as shit. Um, but he's kind of a dick in, in the show. So here's a, some clips of Shockwave so you can get a sense of, of what he's like.
2: Destroy him! You control giant sentinels. If you destroyed, robots defeated. I must protect Cybertron from all hostile threats. <laughs> Recepticons, we're under attack! Scramble! Look over there! It's Shark Blast! Let's get him! Aye, aye! Gotcha! (laughs) A trap! (laughs) Don't move, or your buddy gets it. No! No! Don't do it! Let him go, Shark Blast! Well, well, if it isn't Optimus Prime. Block. I'd love to stay and chat, but I've got important things to do, and don't try and follow me. I'm sorry, buddy.
1: I knew it was merely a matter of time
2: before you came back here to find your little friend. bones faster than you grow new clones. Starscream, given our lack of infrastructure and frequent need to relocate in order to avoid detection, it is not logical
0: to expect greater productivity at this point in time. So that's Shockwave through the years.
1: A gun that shoots itself is pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> I know, I like the first clip he just, like, turns into a gun and, <laughs> and shoots, shoots the guy in the, in the face. face. <laughs> not cool, Shockwave. Um, and then finally... Uh, one of the original transforming robots that I fell in love with, the great VF1 Valkyrie from Macross. Um, the VF1 Valkyries were based on a real jet from the 60s. Uh, they took that design and modified it. Um, in the show canon of Macross, basically when the SDF1 alien ship crash lands on Earth, they research the technology on the ship and use it to mass produce these fighters for the coming invasion. And they are in the US version, they're called Veritech fighters. Um, and in the, I think in the Japanese version, they're called Varial fighters or something. But uh, they can transform into three different types. So it can be a jet, it can be that sort of a half jet with chicken legs, yeah. they're called chicken walkers. And then uh, it can be an actual um, robot. humanoid robot. Um, And it's never really explained in the show why they need to have three different versions.
1: So they can do that cool, like, low...
0: But the the humanoid robot, uh, once it transforms, is about the size of the enemy's Entrati. So I think that's why they did a good job with that part. Um, I've loved the VF-1 Valkyrie just because it looks like a cool jet, and then it looks like a cool jet with legs, and then it looks like a cool robot. It's a threefer. Uh, the main characters, Rick Hunter and and his brother, uh, they, the, all the pilots fly these VF-1 Valkyries versions of them that are somewhat modified. Um, and I've had uh, various VF-1 Valkyrie toys for a while. I didn't buy any Toy Nami versions because fuck those guys but I do have some of the original old school ones. Um, So let's check out a Macross transformation clip so you can see what it looks like in action. From so yeah, military
1: strategy point probably an overly complicated
0: transformation <laughs> yeah, process, but, but still cool, still as, cool shit. as shit. Uh, so those are some of my favorite transforming robots over the years.
1: Excellent you picks. Uh, first for me is depending on whether you want to get into the weeds of the details, it's either Superiorion or the aerial bots. But I'm going to say the aerial bots for now, um, which were obviously created by Optimus Prime, um, or really created by Alpha Trion, because Optimus Prime didn't actually have the circuit key, right? Couldn't activate Victor Sigma to give the aerial bots their sentient. How did we not have any ray ability. on this episode? Probably. I was thinking that too earlier we fucked on. Fucked up. We did. Yeah. Um, now I just totally got off my train of thought. Aerobots being terrestrial fighters that have been given the powers to not only transform and fly, but also form what ultimately becomes the second Gestalt team of transforming robots in the Transformers universe. Uh, so this is an early clip. Of their fighting prowess, uh, that we can check out them more or less as a team. Are you getting the point yet? We owe the Autobots our lives.
2: Come on, we got Stunticons to pound. It's only a matter of minutes before Megatron reaches Seattle. I've got to stop him somehow. Now, Optimus.
1: Yeah, bots. So my second pick is the flip side of that coin, which are the Stunticons who form Minasaur. Uh And when Megatron went back to... Cybertron went deep into the supercomputer and he was able to activate Victor Sigma because he did have the circuit key. So they become the first assembling team of Transformers. Mm. Um, and the Stunticons... Are able to drive where the aerial bots are flying. Gotcha. So let's watch a, a little clip of the Stunticons and see them in action.
2: You're finished, Prime! No way. Optimus Prime, my cars have a secret which will rip your puny planes right out of the sky. Stunticons, unite! <laughs> Real bots. Show them what you've got! No! It can't be! Surprise, Megatron! Meet Superion! Stunticons disengage and retreat!
1: Quite the battle.
0: Why are they called the Stunticons?
1: They're stunt cars.
0: Uh, stunt. They stunt. They stunt. Yeah.
1: They're stunt driving. Uh, But the most powerful transforming robot, and perhaps my favorite of all time, is Skyscraper, which uh, (laughs) we can showcase... The the man behind the skyscraper really does the best job. Yeah, I don't what remember what skyscraper. It is. Um, so let's roll that clip now.
2: Transformers poll 37% market share. Sorry. And that we are targeting the same area. <laughs> I think that we should see one quarter of that. And that is one fifth of the total revenue
1: from all of last year.
2: Excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Any questions? No. Not for me.
1: Yes? Yes? I don't get it. <coughs> what exactly don't you get? It,
2: it turns from a building into a robot, right? Precisely. Well, what's fun about that? Well, if you had read your industry breakdown, you would see that our success in the action figure area has climbed from 27% to
1: 45% in the last two years. There, that might help.
2: Oh. Yes. I I still don't get it. What? What don't you get, Judge? Well... There's a million robots that turn into something, and this is a building that turns into a robot. So what's fun about playing with a building? That's not any fun. This is a skyscraper. Well, couldn't it be like a, a, a robot that turns into into something, like a like a bug or something? A bug? Yeah. Like a big prehistoric insect with maybe like giant claws that could pick up <laughs> a car and, and crush it like that. <laughs> A prehistoric transformer.
1: Interesting.
2: Gentlemen, it So the robot turns into a bug.
1: Ah, uh, gentlemen, oh, to listen, listen We just me. got a very good idea yeah, here. The robot
2: turns into a bug. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is a yeah, great yeah. idea. Someone's what? a water what? bug? Johnny. Different sizes yeah. and things. then and, and we can scorpion. do lady You can have them wreck buildings.
1: Transformers a, for girls. A Is girl. it A, a, a an yeah. bug? Oh, yeah. This doesn't just happen. This guy just doesn't... This doesn't
2: happen. You just don't... He doesn't just come to a meeting and say bugs. yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff and- well done, Judge. Yeah, well done.
1: The great John Hurd. I didn't get, get it. Gone too soon. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, so those Then are some they did of-
0: make transforming yeah. bugs after that. They movie. saw
1: that and they were like, they that's like, a pretty good idea. Yeah,
0: that's a good idea. We need to make some transforming dinosaurs and bugs and shit. They um, owe Penny Marshall for that. Also, RIP.
1: Maybe she uh, maybe got a little piece.
0: I don't think so. Probably not. No.
1: Uh, let's check out the Adult Swim Facebook pics and see
0: what... Well, I'm bracing myself for this stupidity.
1: Oh.
0: Eh, not bad. Yeah. Conti, Megatron, Bumblebee, Optimus, come on. Try.
1: I mean, we did say for their favorite, not like the most surprising. Yeah, We should I do mean, that one time. Most surprising. Well, not
0: most surprising, but I mean... Deep cuts? Yeah, no, but I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's like you know, Optimus Prime. I mean, come on.
1: Pretty good transforming robot.
0: <laughs> My favorite happens to be a truck. Yes, I just love big rigs. Yeah. Love a transforming big rig.
1: Over the top favorite yeah. movie. Uh, let's see what Toonami Facebook's picks are. I'm guessing it's
0: going to be quite similar. Yep. Wing Zero doesn't really transform, but...
1: Close enough cool. for the purposes of today's
0: conversation. Cool.
1: Thank you for participating, both Facebook and... Entry
0: types. I right hear. That's really confusing. Why don't you go ahead and get us into the goodies this week?
1: Okay. We do need to rebrand this sneak peek section. I do like
0: goodies call this it week. promos and shit.
1: But I think goodies this week is probably a little bit more endearing <laughs> than promos and shit. But up first is our topical for this week's Dragon Ball Super, which is tomorrow night at 11.00.
2: On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super... Wow, you sure got some fight in you, huh, Universe 2? Not fight, this
1: is 100% love!
2: Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11, only Toonami on Adult Swim. Love you to death. Love's gonna get you.
1: Uh, And then up next is the Promised Neverland's episode, which is tomorrow night at midnight.
2: On the next all-new episode of the Promised Neverland... Fake footprints? That's strange. How is it so quiet? I'm going to have to play for real then! The Promised Neverland. Saturday
1: at midnight on Adult Swim. Creepy and good. I like that show. Uh, and then next is our topical for Sword Art, Sword Art Online. Sword Art. Which is uh tomorrow night at 12.30. Sword Art Online. That's not nice
2: on the next all-new episode of Sword Art Online Alicization.
1: For 70
2: long years, I waited for my opportunity. Sword Art Online Alicization. Saturday at 1230. Only tsunami on an Adult Swim.
1: I think we're going to change the way we do Sword Art Online's topicals and not S- have it be the...
0: Sword Art Online.
1: ...top tag. It really cuts down on the ability to talk about the episode in any meaningful does. way. It does. Um... So I think that pretty much does it for today.
0: For the, for the goodies. Other than your yeah. bullshit. So I'm doing, I did a moving pictures. Hey! Which I haven't done in a while. Um, I've been traveling so much, I haven't had much of a chance to stop and smell the roses. You've been but moving around too much, but i picturing. I bought uh, the Perfect Blue Remaster uh, Blu-ray that just was released uh, about a month or two ago and finally have the chance to sit down and watch it so i thought it would be fun to do a moving pictures on one of the greatest anime films of all time so here's my moving pictures on satoshi Kon's classic perfect blue hey there tsunami faithful this is jason demarco with another edition of moving pictures in which i watch something suggested to me by you the viewers Uh, So today I wanted to talk a little bit about Satoshi Kohn's amazing Perfect Blue, uh, which has just come out recently in a new remastered Blu-ray edition uh, that's pretty fabulous. Uh, Something Satoshi Kohn fans like myself have been waiting for for, gosh, so many years. Um, Satoshi Kohn was a director who, he only had like five features Uh, but they were all just incredible. And he unfortunately passed away about, gosh, it's almost 10 years ago now, you know, right in his prime. And I'm hoping that this leads to the rest of his work being released, because I really do think he's an important director, uh, particularly in the field of anime, who's gonna, you know, his work is gonna be talked about for years to come. But it all starts and flows from Perfect Blue. So Perfect Blue is a psychological thriller that stars a woman who is a pop idol, and she decides she wants to quit being a pop idol and become an actress. And so the movie's told from her point of view, and a lot of times you're kind of in her head, and it's a classic psychological thriller setup where a lot of the time, you're not sure if what she's seeing is real, and then in her new career, uncomfortable situations keep happening and weird things keep happening.
2: Yeah, looking good. Not half bad for an ex-pop idol.
0: There's an online blog that appears where someone's writing about her life that seems to know all kinds of uh, very personal details, and she's not writing it. Um, She kind of develops a stalker. uh, And then people around the thing she's working on start getting murdered, uh, and she starts to think she's being chased by somebody or something.
2: (laughs) And there's even
0: a little bit of her that doesn't know if she's somehow experiencing some kind of psychotic break and doing it herself.
2: Stop all this nonsense! Please tell me who you are! Who, me? I am a pop idol. The fans are all waiting.
0: So she's really questioning her reality, and it's uh, it builds from there. But it's really just sort of a classic psychological horror story. And... Action! I think what sticks out about Perfect Blue is it really, it could have just as easily, you know, it's what anime does best. It tells a story that it could have just as easily been a live-action film. No one in America would ever even think of making an animated movie about this, Um, but yet it really works. Um, He uses animation to do things you couldn't do, or at least you couldn't do cheaply in a psychological thriller that would be live action. Like for instance, she sees a sort of ghost version of herself dancing around in a a way that defies gravity, talking to herself. Um, There's all kinds of stuff like that. It's just a very well staged, edited and shot film. Um, It's kind of astounding that it's a first feature. In fact, Darren Aronofsky, the director, is so obsessed with Perfect Blue and Satoshi Kon in general that he actually quotes several direct shots from Perfect Blue in some of his films. Requiem for a Dream in particular uses some exact replications of shots from Perfect Blue. And uh, Black Swan, which really the whole story of Black Swan is somewhat lifted from Perfect Blue, but there's certain shots in Black Swan that are the same shots from Perfect Blue. So obviously, Satoshi Kon's impact goes beyond just anime and anime direction. You know, all of his films are great in different ways, and they're all influential from Paprika to Perfect Blue to Paranoia Agent, which we showed on Adult Swim but I really think Perfect Blue is going to remain his signature film for a lot of different reasons. Um, So if you haven't seen it, beware. It's very violent. There's some really upsetting stuff in there. Um, It is definitely an adult film, um, but it's great and well worth a watch if you can stomach it. So um, that's my review for Perfect Blue. Check it out. Uh, You can get it on iTunes, uh, and you can get the Blu-ray. And if you have any suggestions for what you'd like me to review next time, hit me up at ClarkNova1 on Twitter, and hit me with your suggestions of what animated films you think I should review. And that's it. Thanks. Everybody should buy Perfect Blue. Did you buy Perfect Blue? I did. I enjoyed it. I uh, think.
1: Uh, and I wonder if Darren Aronofsky bought a copy to <laughs> try uh, to repay a little
0: bit. He better have. Uh, and then finally, we have this week's Adult Swim single. Uh, Every week for the last 35 weeks, we have released a song from a different artist across all different genres of music. This week is track number 36 by Fire Tools. Um, It is, I don't even know how to describe Fire Tools music. It's fucking crazy, though. I really like it. This song is called Check Symbol Being. (laughs) And uh, we are going to hear a sample of it right now. So uh, you can hear that and the other 35 weeks worth of singles at adultswim.com singles or the Adult Swim Spotify, Adult Swim Singles Spotify playlist. And come back next week, usually around Wednesdays at noon, and we'll have another new song all the way through 52 songs. Um, and that's it for this week. I'm going to transform and roll out. Man, that was good. I can't even. Somebody had to do it.
1: Can't even top it. Somebody transform. Transform. Roll out. Good shot.
2: Tsunami. Every Saturday night from 11 to 4.